With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's T. Frank. Welcome to Happy Hour. Friday at 5 o'clock is the BWI Daily Edition. We're going live. We're going to be talking about what happened yesterday in Penn State and Purdue. Button up some things from the live show we did last night. Uh, clean up some clerical errors. We've reviewed the film for the Penn State offense. So we're going to be diving into the five players whose stock went up and whose stock went down after week one. That's coming up on the BWI Daily Edition. BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks for joining me here on YouTube. Getting to some of your questions today. Um, I have not slept, if that's one of your questions. Uh, I have only been watching film, and uh, I'm here to talk about it. Here to talk about what we talked about last night, if you were here on the show uh, with uh, the live show, which was very late at night for a lot of people, including myself. By the way, football season, I become a different person. I go to bed at like 9.30 during the off season, and I'm up till 2.30, 3 in the morning during football season. So it's a fun transition for everybody. But if you didn't see that, my point is, if you didn't see uh, that last night, you can get that on replay wherever you get your podcast. Of course, here on YouTube. Um, this is something that we discussed last night. We're going to get into the players that stood out and the players that uh, stood out in a bad way with our Five up, five down, essentially, of stock up, stock down. Some of them a little bit surprising, but for the most part, things held to what we saw and what we talked about last night. I do want to uh, give honorable mention stock up here to head coach James Franklin before we get started, because if you wanted to blame a coach for not doing a good job in uh, game day management, it was not him last night. Uh, I know that I said it, it, last night during during the show, did they really did, did Jeff Brown really blow that game? Did, was it that bad or did their defense really have a problem and give up a lot of plays on that final drive? It was bad. <laughs> Upon further review, it was really bad for the Boilermakers and it cost them the game. So James Franklin here on this side of the uh, of the coin when it comes to guys making not mis not making mistakes and and putting themselves in a good position by not being the guy who who had a bad night. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to talk about. The other thing is uh, you want to check out the film, the full film study over at bluewhiteillustrated.com of the offense. We dove into the offensive run game. We'll get into elements of that today. Um, one thing we didn't talk about last night and something that showed up on the film, it's our old friend. If you watched the the show last year, talking about how teams defended Penn State. They played a trendy defense. It's called the tight front, where you tighten everything down on the inside. You play a three-down front, like a traditional 3-4, but you take your five techniques, your defensive ends, and you line them up inside the tackle, just shaded inside. And what that does is it plays havoc with zone-blocking assignments. 
it moves the point and moves where players are in somebody's zone and causes problems for those particular uh, those particular schemes. Penn State runs both inside outside zone, so teams like to do this, and Purdue has not done this on film. That is not something that the Boilermakers did in uh, 2021, and something James Franklin talked about last night during his postgame press conference. And when you show when you when you see it on film, it, it's it's immediate. It's right there. Um, so that was part of the problem in the run game last night, but I did think that they had some creative solutions and they are diverse enough in the way they run the football that they're not locked into just running zone. They ran power, they ran counter, uh, and they were able to get some plays out of those situations, but it was a frustration for the Nittany Lions, especially when they're trying to, uh, you know, run to the front side of a play and you have your point of attack is like, maybe it's the B gap. and you get no movement that way because the guy's right there. And especially if you're trying to get a drive block or, or you don't get as good of a combo block on those guys. So it creates some problems, but Penn state was able to find some ways to run the football, but still not a great night overall uh, for the Nittany Lions in terms of actual performance on the ground. Let's say hi to some people in the chat here. Diana says hello from East Freedom, PA. Well, hello from uh, undisclosed location in Central PA, outside of State College. I'll tell you this. I, I live in the woods now. It's very peaceful to sit here and stare at a screen all day and listen to the birds chirping. Um, let's see. Mike has something to say. He says teams found their groove at the end of the game. Think there's some firepower on defense. Chop uh, Robinson. Carter looks like Parsons Dixon. <laughs> Hardy is uh, is a crunch time guy and uh, Porter quit violating. I'm assuming the rules there um, is what you're, you're talking about, violating the rules by throwing his hands at people. And uh, Mike is checking in from Ricky Ronnie territory. He's checking out the Old Dominion game, Old Dominion and Virginia Tech coming up at 8 p.m. tonight. So we've got our regulars here. Hello to everybody. Um, hope you're having a good time here on a Friday. Do you have a beverage? That's my question for you. Because that, this is the happy hour show. Got to know somebody's out there having a happy hour. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the players that I thought had stock up, stock down in this particular game. So let's get to the players. Let's start on a positive note. Penn State did win the game 35-31. And by the way, like I said, these are all offensive players that have stock up or stock down. So we'll be getting into the defense. The full film review is coming uh, later this week, probably tomorrow. Uh, let's get into the guys with the stock up. This group, I don't think is a surprise in some areas. In some areas, you got a couple guys that are a surprise. Olufashanu came up and delivered, especially as a pass protector. Excellent game from him. Mitchell Tinsley is the wide receiver one in this group. I'm now convinced of that. Salim Wormley, the run-blocking superstar of the group, had a good game. Bryce Effner coming in here, and then Drew Aller. These are in a rough order, by the way, um, in in not necessarily in order of number one stock up. A little bit like that, but those are the guys we're looking at today when it comes to the guys that had stock up or stock down for this team. So let's get into Olafishanu. Olafishanu was excellent last night. A clean game in pass protection had no problem with the Purdue pass rush, which is what we were expecting. You know, that was the question coming in. What does he look like against Big Ten competition um, in a non-bowl game? And he delivered. As a run blocker, he was good, too. I, I thought he had some solid double teams. A lot of times the tackle is not responsible at the point of attack as much, but they do, especially 
we talked about that counter and and power schemes that Penn State had to run because of the formation. One of the things you can do, by the way, is if they're giving you that formation of moving inside the tackle, just have the tackle shove that guy farther inside and don't run zone. So they were able to hit that a couple of times, but we'll get to why it didn't work exceptionally well in a little bit with some of our stock down players. But Fashanu had a good night on the ground. This was not an exceptional night for anybody, even our best run blocker in Salim Wormley. But it was not bad. And this is this is a this is a needle we got a thread here. Okay. We've got to come to the understanding that there is good play and there's bad play, and then there's a large section of football called doing your job. And Penn State last night, as an offensive line, for the most part, most of them did their job. Hunter Norzad, uh, Juice Scruggs, Salim Wormley, Ola Fashanu, for the most part, they did their job. That is what I talk about when I say that was a good performance for this group because there were no exceptionally bad performances. Terms and conditions apply. We'll get to that a little bit later. And for the most part, the opportunities were there for the running backs to take advantage of. Were they great opportunities? No. This group, we're not right now grading on that curve. And this is where I have the conversation with Penn State football fans about what are you really expecting from this group? <laughs> like baby steps here. Do you want them? Is the, is there for the no excuse crowd because they wear blue and white uniforms and because Joe Paterno and, and the 94 offensive line, there is no other standard below that. Is that, is that a fair assessment of how you feel about the situation? Cause if it is, you will be perpetually disappointed offensive line play in general, ask offensive line coaches. They hate modern football and the way the offensive line blocks. It is not at the same level as what it used to be, according to, you know, the experts, right? But in the terms of modern play and the way that things work in spread offenses, this was this was an okay performance by the group. And we're, we're sitting on Fashanu here for a minute because he was one of the better players. But when we get to Salim Wormley, that's where he provided actual positive performance. Um, you, we, we finally got to see what James Franklin has been talking about for the last couple of years when it comes to Ola Fashanu and his, his blocking ability because we have not seen it outside of practice when the team has been uh, going through drills. And a bag or a, a sled is very different than an actual defensive lineman that is trying to beat you to the point of attack. So he provided positive momentum in the, in the run game. His down blocks and pulls were especially impressive on film. So when he was getting into double teams, Penn State came out of the gates early and ran the ball in a lot of man concepts. And for the most part, uh, the, the offensive line did a pretty good job in that situ situation. But as always, it's not just the offensive line. When you're going in those giant sets, the tight ends are involved. They condensed Keandre Lambert Smith in there at one point. And uh, the running backs have a role in that as well. Not everyone performed well, but in those situations, if you go back and watch, there's good push on those double teams. But the cohesiveness of the running game was not there. That does not mean, and I'll say it again, that does not mean that the offensive line is entirely to blame for that. We got in this conversation last year. We're going to get in this conversation this year. I'm sorry 
<laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, I, I, I don't want to have this conversation again. I tend to like new things and new conversations and new ability to, to peruse different stuff, have different narratives, but we are here with that. See Paul King gave us a super sticker in the chat. I want to thank Paul for uh, donating to the channel. We had an awesome light night last night on the BWI live show. Uh, and a lot of people were very generous. Thank you so much. Appreciate the donations to the channel. If you want to be like Paul and you want to donate to the, to the show today, we will absolutely take it. Um, and I appreciate all of that. We have some lofty goals here at the, uh, at BWI. So you can help us achieve those things here on the YouTube channel. How much of the O line struggles are because they are young guys and not fourth year seniors. That's what Mike asks. Um, I mean, Juice Scruggs is an older player, and he's performing at the level we're expecting. Caden Wallace is a, is a player that uh, played well. I, I'm sorry. Caden <laughs> Wallace is, is a veteran player that did not play well, and he's been a starter now for two and a half years, if you count the end of the COVID season. So I, I don't think it's that. It may be that for some other players, but let's get through some of these other players here. I'll throw this back up just almost as a reminder for myself here of who, who I picked for the stock up. So we went through the offensive line. Salim Wormley, good run blocker. Held his own in pass protection, by the way. Um, a huge improvement last night from previous years with Penn State football was their ability to handle stunts. The offensive line did a good job uh, collecting and and corralling pass rushers a lot of what you saw last night that was on sean clifford like that i'm sorry i don't want to keep coming back to this but his pocket presence as an awareness in pass protection is an issue for the offense so the offensive line i thought did a good job overall in pass protection and we'll get to bryce efner there bryce efner came in and pretty much saved the day for the penn state offense in the fourth quarter where he stepped in basically cold, took over the right tackle position. And I don't believe he gave up a single pressure during that time and handled the Purdue pass rush, which is what we were expecting in this game. So that was a good sign for Penn state that they were able to get that out of him. What does that mean for the future? Cover that in the uh, film review. If you want to check that out again, bluewhiteillustrated.com at the dollar to sign up for 12 months of access to all the insider stuff, including more recruiting news. Sean Fitz had something up here just before we went on air. If you want to read that more intrigue, more information about good players that want to join the Penn state Nittany lions. Uh, and then the last player, let's get into the couple, a couple of guys that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Drew Aller. Here's what Drew Aller did last night. And it's very important as a true freshman, he did not flail in the in the six snaps he was on the football field. He performed how he was supposed to. He had one really good throw. I described it last night on the show. Uh, he he fitted in a window right over top of a linebacker in front of a safety on the hands of the receiver. Went for a drop. So he had one really good throw. He had another uh, situation where he's running to the sideline because there was pressure. He steps up through the pocket cleanly, keeps himself composed, and finds a guy on the edge of the in, in a comeback route. I believe it was Lambert Smith for a first down. Two good throws, two good options for us, to, opportunities for us to see him play with poise and confidence. And he did not flail in those situations. Then 
he misses on a third down pass. And you can see his feet get a little choppy. He's not quite sure what to do. It's man with crossing routes. I think he was waiting for one of the underneath routes to come open. And and Parker Washington hesitated because he was going to run into somebody. And I think at the last second, he pulled up and then decided he was going to throw the deeper in cut behind those. That's all speculation on my part. But it looked like he was unsure in that moment. And when you're unsure, your feet become unsure and you throw behind. So a good night from Drew Aller. Exceptional throw. Great place to start from pocket awareness and, and discipline in the pocket. Uh, so I, I liked all of those things. And I said what I said last night. Again, go check that out. Now let's get to the guy that I think had the best night overall, even if he isn't the headliner. That'd be Mitchell Tinsley. Mitchell Tinsley had uh, 12 targets last night. Let me pull up this information for you. 12 targets, 84 yards, and a touchdown, 49 yards after the catch, including the critical catch and run on the final drive, which was a thing of beauty by uh, Mike Yersich in terms of play calling, making things look like one thing and happening for another. Mitchell Tinsley is the is the primary receiver on this team. And, and that's no disrespect to Parker Washington. They're 1A, 1B. But Mitchell Tinsley, 12 targets last night, used in the red zone, a deep threat. And I think that's really the separator here is his route running to get deep and the speed and the length, six foot, little taller, a little longer. If Sean Clifford had a little more awareness about him, I am confident that Mitchell Tinsley would have had 150 yards last night. There were several plays where he was open deep or open on a deep crosser where there was nobody around. Now that has to catch the football has to be delivered on target in stride for that to happen. And I know that's a lot of ifs, but he did his part on, on those routes. And I think it, uh, saucy routes is what Taylor Stubblefield called those. He had a couple saucy routes last night. I thought he did a great job. And once again, Eddie money, Barney Amore. He is huge stock up. Absolutely huge stock up. Uh, he's a special teams player. We're talking about the offense here, but absolutely huge stock up last night. Um, C. Paul King says, Drew looked more comfortable than Sean Clifford. Compare Aller to Roberson last year at the Iowa game, night and day. Yes, because he he operated six plays without a false start or a problem. And it was on the road in a, in a hostile environment. Same, relatively same situation. I think that this is uh I think this is a, a great sign initially for Aller. Ben says thanks for answering a question last night during the show. Uh you're welcome. Appreciate uh, appreciate that. Now Mike has he's beating me to the punch here. So let's get in here and talk about the stock down players. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, sorry to do this to these guys, but it, it, it's the reality from last night is that uh, Keandre Lambert saved himself. He was on the outside looking in uh, of this list. Now, again, I, I, I want to apologize here because I know fans are going to be mad that Nick Singleton's on the list, but 
he looked like a freshman running back last night. But here we go. Here's the list. Landon Tangwall, Tyler Warren, Caden Wallace, Sean Clifford, Nick Singleton. Again, in a rough order, but not one to five in terms of highest stock down. Um, but the first two, I think, is fair. Partially because T. Frank's taking a big L <laughs> on, on players I was excited to watch and players that I thought were going to be very good out of the gates for Penn State football with Tyler Warren and Landon Tangwall. Because the right guard position was so solidified with, with Sal Wormley, the rotation really was at the other position. Hunter Norzad had uh, 43 snaps last night, according to PFF. Landon Tangwall had 39. So starter reps is not an exaggeration between those two. But Tangwall did struggle. Um, the power wasn't really there. A couple plays it was. Early in the game, he was getting some big, thick down blocks or, or double teams in those situations. Really liked what I saw early. But then when he got into some one-on-one situations, something that, that I, I talked about in the lead-up to this game was that Dean at defensive tackle was going to be an issue. Branson Dean is a very good football player. And he's experienced. He's smart. He's a veteran. So this is going back to, uh, I forget who it was who asked about this. Uh, Mike. Mike asked, is it because they're young? I do think that some of that inexperience and and letting players get into your chest and losing the point of attack with the initial contact, Tangwall did struggle with that. He got st- stood up a couple times. And again, that's when you talk about a run game. Olaf Ashanu can have a great block. Juice Scruggs can get his guy. And then if you got one guy that, that gets a bubble into the backfield, the, the running back has to make a decision. And Tengwall was that guy more than I expected. And then let's get to Tyler Warren because uh, this one, I think the emotion of the drop probably was a little more than, and then the overall poor play, but uh, missed some blocks in the run game was not as dominant as I was expecting in the run game had some drops, and then, again, separation issues when it comes to man coverage. Last night, this is, a, this is a problem, I think, going forward for Penn State football and why they've been pushing guys like Amari Evans, Caden Saunders, and Trey Wallace is they need some speed because coming into this game, from what you see last year, another, another L for me, by the way, was that the... Uh, the Purdue secondary did a much better job than I was expecting against Penn State's athletes. But Penn State's athletes should have gotten open in man coverage more often. That's the whole that's the whole Penn State versus Purdue thing is you've got superior athletes. You got guys that uh you shouldn't be able to lock down in man on in, in man coverage one on one. And when it wasn't a free runner on a crossing route for a touchdown with Tinsley or with Strange or broken play. They were able to handle these guys and create some really tough reads for Sean Clifford. I'm not saying you need to get open every single time, but there were, when it was nose to nose, that group with two tight ends on the field sometimes didn't have the burst that I was expecting. So that's something to monitor going forward. Now, again, like I said last night, every DB in college is handsy, every single one of them. But still, you should be able to get open a little bit more and and we'll see how that goes moving forward. But it's something I'm going to be watching with this group of players is, are they going to be able to have that explosiveness that you cannot put them in one-on-one situations? Because if you play them in cover one and 
Clifford isn't running, which he didn't seem to want to do last night, that does shrink your options in that situation. Um, some of the other players we'll get to on the stock down list. I'm just going to get, I'm going to rip the bandaid off. We're talking about Nick Singleton. He was not terrible. But when we talk about this offensive line, and I paint you the picture of this was a pretty average performance, which is not a bad thing to say. It was an average performance uh, for the Nittany Lions. And and Mike, this is another area where, where I'm going to jump in with what you're saying here. Tangwall is 19 versus a 22-year-old. I still think there's a lot of room to grow for Nick Singleton. And the burst, the speed, the violence, the way he runs is all there. But he didn't break any tackles last night. Zero broken tackles. And I don't know that he faded as the game went on, as Eddie's suggesting here. I, I, I think it was more just that there was a little bit of indecision. See a little bit of pattern in his feet instead of like King Drew on the other side. Freight train coming downhill, right? That's what you were hoping from Singleton. That's what you're hoping to get from him. And there's just a little bit of freshman there. A couple plays I highlight in, in the film review. Talked about them last night on the show, but uh, brought them up again. And I'll just mention them. A good lane that you get when you get to the safety, his very first carry gets to the safety and the safety grabs him by the ankle. It's the same conversation we had last year where if you break that tackle, you're going 75 yards. And in practice, he's been doing that apparently. But is he doing that in the game? It And James Franklin said on Monday, there's a difference between doing it in practice and doing it in a game. And yesterday, there was not that level of physicality of broken tackles. He played hard. He threw his body into a couple of blocks, into a couple of defenders. Uh, and he had some good moves. He had some good cutbacks, some good vision to cut back to the backside of a play and get yards that were not there. So this is not saying he was terrible last night. This is saying that what the offense needed and what the offense has needed for a year and a half now, he didn't quite get there. The the hype is one thing, and this is not even about the hype of Nick Singleton. This is this is the this is about the production. Rubber meets the road. His his I think he had like twenty four yards, thirty three yards on on the on the night. I'll bring this up so everyone can see it. Um, the the stats from last night. So let's take a look at that, and uh, and we'll we'll look at where that is. Give me one second here. There we go. Got it now. Okay. So last night, Catron Allen, eight carries, 31 yards. Had a good game. Kevon Lee, nine carries, 33 yards. Nick Singleton, nine carries, 22 yards. Those averages are because there are no broken tackles. Kevon Lee broke some tackles, but with being Kevon Lee, he fell forward for six yards. The two young guys need to do a little more of that. And that's an area where we know that's going to get better. So that's why this is not a terrible situation for Penn State football. That is going to get better. There's some some freshman mistakes. I think that that's going to improve over time. Um, but a, a, a baby stock down. Let's get to the man of the hour, though, unfortunately, for this particular conversation. That's that's Caden Wallace. When you get benched in the fourth quarter because you can't you can't hold up on the edge. That's a that's a tough situation for Penn State to be in. Bryce Effner's 285 pounds by the look of him. Um, 
zone blocking issues, run blocking issues like we saw last year where he's not getting to those backside cutoff blocks in in zone blocking. The pass protection was obvious for everyone. You know, I don't think we need to review that pretty all that deeply, but Penn State's in a rough situation at tackle right now. I don't know where they go from here because can you play Bryce Efner the whole time? And for Bryce, it's it's his opportunity to, you know, give a middle finger and say, absolutely, you can play me. What are you talking about? But we saw how that went against Ohio State last year where they tried that and they're back in this same situation again in 2022. And, you know, I, I really like Caden. I think he's a really thoughtful, introspective person. And he talked about getting better this offseason in all of the correct places. Bend, flexibility, quickness, um, conditioning. And I don't know if there was an injury. I don't know what was going on, but none of those things showed up last night. So Penn State is in a real has a real problem at tackle. Stoic Odysseys. Good honest broadcast. You're real. Appreciate that. But everybody listening, if you want to donate to the channel, like Stoic Odyssey, appreciate that. By the way, our goal last night was 500 likes on the show when we're at like, we're almost at a thousand. So thank you to everybody who has been uh, supporting us and supporting what we do here at Blue White Illustrated. I, I very deeply appreciate that, that you help me stay employed. <laughs> it's great. I love doing this job so much. And you guys help me do that. Uh, so let's look at the last players on this list. We'll finish up here uh, when it comes to stock down. And there's no place left to go but Sean Clifford. And I understand about the drops, right? So the drops were a real thing last night. Five of them, according to PFF, by the tracker. That's not good. And that limits opportunities for Sean Clifford to then create more opportunities, right? So you drop a third down pass, all the potential yardage, good plays, all that stuff. It's over. But watching the, watching the film this today, it's the same thing for four years. Now pocket awareness, positional fundamentals under pressure. Those have not improved. And like I said earlier with Mitchell Tinsley, there were some, there were some explosive plays to be had. Um, and there's some decisions that he made where I thought he made a good throw on some of these decisions, but I thought the decision was wrong where you had a better option, possibly an easier pass. And he decided to go elsewhere, but it's, this is one of those, this is one of those tricky things because when the quarterback makes it look like he's under pressure, you assume he's under pressure and the offensive line did a good job picking up stunts and they held on. And were there some flashes of color from Purdue? Yes, there were. Was there some legitimate pressure? Yeah, and he got out of it. He did that thing. But the throwing off the back foot, it worked to extend a drive to Tinsley. That was a magical throw. But, like, that's your one out of five. It, and and, and it's, it's, it is frustrating to watch another season of throwing off the back foot and and making questionable decisions about how you're going to deliver the football because there are opportunities that that Purdue gave you through penalties that you could have just got it get it yourself by stepping into the pocket and delivering the football and not stepping sideways and not throwing laterally and all of these things that they practice all the time 
And we're not even discussing the interception from a clean pocket. These are the simulated pressures where he feels like the guards are pushing guys into his into his feet, but really they're washing him to the side. And he can manipulate the pocket, find a clear avenue, and throw. He can do those things. He did them yesterday. But it's just too much bad and not enough good. And that was a major reason for the inconsistency in the offense last night, in my opinion, was there were plays to be made and drives to be extended, and it didn't necessarily happen. Rick C says, thanks. Keep it riveting. I appreciate that, uh, Rick. Although I, I'm, I'm out of bullets today. <laughs> I've gone through all the players, stock up, stock down on uh, players playing well, players playing poor. So if you've got uh, something you want to talk about next week, you can drop it in the chat. You can drop it in the replay, some of the comments. Who did you think had a better game than maybe I gave them credit for and they weren't on my stock up list for offense? Leave that in the comments of, of the video. Give us a chat uh, if you're watching here live in, in the next couple of minutes. But that'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Appreciate everybody who's on here and comes back. Uh, good luck to Mike, who's down in... Old Dominion to watch that game. Virginia Tech's on the road. Is that a home and away? Usually doesn't happen. But then again, you know, I don't know. Where do you view Virginia Tech in terms of, like, they don't travel. You have to go to them. Anyway, it's going to be a fun game. Make sure you check that out. Get some, some good Penn State flavor there as well. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. We'll be back on Monday with more Penn State football analysis from Blue White Illustrated. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.